it really true? Is this really the final episode of listening to Recently Added? It is. So you'll just have to just listen to Recently Added yourself and form your own opinions. And you can do your own podcast. It's fine. I will not set my legal team on you. This podcast will be available for as long as I feel like paying for it on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's free for me to keep the Gmail address, so email me anytime, listening to recently added at gmail.com. I'll always be happy to hear from someone who was affected by something on this podcast and decided to get in touch. I haven't been able to do this before, but I'm going to give a plug because are you sitting down, listener? I am going to appear on this week's episode of Recently Added that's going to come out on Monday. This is probably going to come out on Friday. I'm going to be on the podcast on Monday, which means my weekend is going to suck because I'm going to have to watch all the stuff on Netflix that they all watch so that I can uh, be informed. Of course, I understand that there are certain conventions of the show that, you know, you don't always have to watch everything, but I'll try to be as thorough as I can in the time that I have. I'm very excited to uh, appear on the podcast. I was just having a regular day a few days ago and Nick texted me, do you want to be on the podcast this week? Very exciting. It could happen to you. It it showed me that if you really believe in yourself and you make a show about another show that's run by your friends, you may one day get to be on that show. So I just, I hope you guys find that inspiring. I'm inspired by it. So uh, stay tuned for my next podcast, which is going to be called Listening to the Sopranos prequel. Maybe I'll get in that. Uh, oh, one other thing to tease about my appearance on Recently Added, I'll also be appearing by strong request from the Recently Added camp with B-Man. B-Man and I will be doing a review of a kid's show for Recently Added. Okay, are you following all this? This is the best kind of mashup. What do you call that? Like crossover? Crossover. So this is the final episode of this podcast, Listening to Recently Added. Was it worth it? I don't know. You tell me. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Listening to Recently Added at gmail.com. I think it was. I've had a lot of fun. I've learned a few things. I found a way to share and record some nice memories that I've had that that have come up uh, over the course of these episodes. At least there's that, right? A lot of my scripts that are just lying around unproduced may may never see the light of day, but this thing is out there. It's complete for what it is. I had the thought of like if I die tomorrow, what if what if these eight episodes are how my son really gets to know me? You know, like like when he's an adult and he like takes takes it out of whatever passes for digital archives in the future. And he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to know my dad through these recordings. Son, if if that horrible scenario is the case, I love you. So recently added, Mae Wilkerson was the guest. She was great. I would have liked a little more context about May, fellas. You know, some credits, how you guys know each other. She just sort of got her name introduced, and I don't think anything else was given. No other information was given. It was fine. It's not a big deal. Usually you guys do that. I'm just uh, pointing it out that it's always a good thing. 
you know, even if her credits don't mean anything to me or, or whatever, it's just good to have a little bit of context. But she was great. Everyone also, she and the two hosts brought dogs. So there were three little dogs around the episode, and it gave it this sort of like primal animalistic vibe to the episode like there may be a a fight at any moment it was kind of exciting my mind invented the word bark cast for some reason i was thinking what if the dogs had a podcast but that's just you just start thinking everything is a podcast once once you start doing it I i think that's what was happening when i was i was once traveling in germany and with my wife and we i think we only had a cat at that point and we might have had our son, but we were, were kind of cat people. And we came across a like an outdoor table where they were selling CDs and records. And just I was just casually rifling through the CDs, and I came across a CD entitled Music for Cats. And on the picture were like cats in sort of like I'm listening to music sort of poses. And so we, of course, we bought it and listened to it. And it was this really sort of like soothing, cheesy music. But then they'd also added this track of like scratching, like or something. And, and like, like you might tap on the tap on something to get a cat's attention. And it was like, it was designed to, I think, keep the cat engaged while also playing this soothing music. I don't know. Our our cat seemed pretty indifferent to the music. I haven't noticed our cat being interested in music at all. She's certainly been around enough. I think she mostly just does not like loud noises. So the soothing thing makes sense. Even the clicking and, and scratching or whatever that was made sense. But overall, it was not a very satisfying musical effort for us or for our cat and stay tuned for my other podcast, listening to music that humans have made for cats. Uh, then we had Netflix News. Man, the drill about the theme song for Netflix News, it keeps changing because this week it seemed like there was a lot of buildup. Like it was a surprise that they were going to expect Lyra to do the musical intro and then finally she did it. And then Nick and Will sort of did their own versions, which they've been doing the last few weeks. I really enjoy all of the Netflix News song. I think that's pretty clear if you've been listening to this podcast. I would love for them to commit to all doing their own version, even at the same time or as like part of as opposed to one off, you know, each person doing their take. What if they all kind of like bled into each other and really made it a thing like committed to that? It's like fireworks going off. Everyone's popping off with their Netflix news music intro music. I approve. So the Netflix news was that there's an Umbrella Academy actor uh, in the cast, who came out as a 9-11 truther, right? Someone who thinks that 9-11 was an inside job by the U.S. government. That's cool. I was in New York during 9-11. I knew a 9-11 truther in New York who was absolutely convinced that the government had done it. He was also a Y2K truther. Do you remember Y2K, kids? That's when it was almost about to be 2000, and everyone was convinced that switching from 1999 to 2000 was going to short-circuit all the computers and like missiles were going to start flying and all this stuff that, frankly, sounds a lot more likely now, but um, everyone thought that's what was going to happen because of just the the computer glitch and i always thought it would be a f- funny if like 
if you were really committed to the Y2K concept, if it switched to zero zero and so you had to go back to 1900 and then everyone had to live as if it were 1900 because all of a sudden our technology would have reverted back to that. Anyway, this guy, this, this Y2K truther friend, he would, he would actually walk. He was by the end of 1999, he was walking around wearing like a plastic fallout suit. He was looking like he was ready for, to go to, you know, hang out with Mad Max. He had like a bunker. He was ready to go. And he, like anytime you would talk to him, it was quickly down the rabbit hole of paranoid conspiracies, which ended up sort of being a theme to this episode of recently added is, is conspiracies and, and stuff kept coming back. Uh, I like it when the episodes have a theme that just kind of organically emerges. I don't know. I heard someone had a good take about my this this guy I used to know that it would be so much easier if everything fit together so neatly as to like say, oh yes, the government had this all planned from the very beginning, and this was completely there exactly what they meant for it to happen. I don't think it works that way. I think that's. I think having a conspiracy theory like that that you really believe in is a sort of comfort where it does all make sense because you see how it all fits together. That said, those Dick Cheney motherfuckers, think tank people, they they definitely came into office knowing that some catastrophic event would be good for them, that they could put a bunch of policies that they wanted to put into place. Uh, and they sort of had... They, I, I don't believe that they had the exact plan set out, but they were sort of, it's plausible that they were looking, looking for one. And if not, they were going to create one like, like George Bush, the first Panama excursion, you know, that kind of thing where they, you just sort of make a crisis. I strongly recommend reading Naomi Klein's book, the shock doctrine for how these capitalists and imperialists think about this sort of stuff. So the first step, the first uh, movie that they watched was called. Well, was it an episode? I think it was a movie. It was called The Highwaymen. It had Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, and this is a sort of a cowboy movie. No, it's not a cowboy movie. It's it's Texas Rangers going after Bonnie and Clyde. Well, I've already used up my Kevin Costner anecdotes. You can listen to my earlier episode about working on one of his movies as the extra who looks straight in the camera with a big grin on his face. May Wilkerson of the recently added podcast and nothing else for all I know, she called it uh, gun porn. She called Highwaymen gun porn. And yeah, I, I know I know that genre. I also had a, a kind of a similar thought watching Captain Marvel. I saw Captain Marvel last week, which was fine. But right, right in the previews, there was an ad for the Air Force. Uh, pretty subtle. Because we know that we already knew that if you've seen a commercial, you see her getting in some sort of Air Force uh, plane. And I feel like there's some kinds of stuff we watch that we're like, oh, this is gun porn. This is for just people, you know, this is the part of the culture that glorifies gun justice. But but we also accept in a way that I don't think we call out enough that our armed forces are somehow certainly in the cinematic context that they have some sort of unifying ideals that, and, and like, um, except for some bad, bad apples and unfortunate decisions, they're, they're forces for good. Right. Um, as opposed to a cover for enforcing our national colonialism through violence. Right. But I guess the takeaway from Captain Marvel is, Hey, women can do that too. Hooray. 
in our house, in my house, um, we've we've officially banned gun toys. So anything that's a gun, we don't want in our house. And our son knows this, but of course he's come up with the workarounds. So sometimes he'll get like a Lego set or a Playmobil set that has a gun in it. But even before we we say something, he'll go, no, 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 daddy, look, it's not a gun. It's a blaster that shoots fire. So it's not a gun. So I'm glad he's really learned that lesson. And we are great parents. The recently added also watched the Santa Clarita diet, which is in its third season now. I've seen the billboards for it. I haven't watched it. I always assumed that it was a show about cannibals in suburbia, which I thought was a fine premise, but didn't make me want to watch it. Um, I guess the reality is that Drew Barrymore is a zombie and her family finds victims for her to eat, including a Nazi baseball team. What I took away from that was was it reminded me of um, how I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm always watching it and listening to it and following it and playing fantasy baseball. And the problem with baseball athletes is that a lot of them are right wingers, right? Particularly the the white ones. And I always follow my whole fantasy team on Twitter and um man, a lot of them are had they have no personality and if they have any personality, it's it's right wing guy. Um, there are some good exceptions. There was a guy named Carlos Delgado. He's not playing anymore, but he, he was the guy who refused to do the uh, national anthem over American imperialism, over, I think, the war in Iraq right back in the beginning. Um, I thought that was pretty heroic. No one else was doing that. I enjoy this guy, Zach Granke. He's kind of a really eccentric guy who doesn't speak in platitudes the way you're used to hearing baseball players speak. He talks about having anxiety. He's a very eccentric guy. He's a great pitcher. Um, he's won me a couple of fantasy baseball championships. He's got my support. Of course, Meta World Peace. I mean, come on. I don't know what's going on with him, but he seems pretty great. Then, of course, there's the Colin Kaepernicks and the Michael Bennett and Eric Reed and these guys in the NFL who are really doing courageous stuff uh, over the extrajudicial murder of people of color, they, uh, they're pretty heroic. A couple years ago, I tried to, right when Black Lives Matter was blowing up, I tried to draft every baseball player who had spoken up about those issues, and there were two, Adam Jones and Mookie Betts, and I got both of them. I think I did well that year. It's good when athletes have good politics. <laughs> I support that. I, I think they were kind of like, they, they hate hate loved hate watched what do you call it they kind of loved and they kind of hated santa clarita diet so mixed mixed review then they talked about this uh docu comedy called the legend of cocaine island and they used the term docu comedy as if it's totally normal i don't think i'd heard that term before is i guess that's a new genre i kind of guessed what it was it's like it's a documentary it's about life life is often funny I don't think you have to sort of label a, a documentary that way, but maybe it's useful. I don't know. Splitting hairs here. So, And I watched this one, so I'm, I'm going to say what they said about it, then I'm going to say what I say about it. They used the actual people who were in the story in the recreations of the story, which was cool. It was good. I mean, it probably would have been just as entertaining to get actors who sort of looked like them to do it. I don't know. The, they were, there were some eccentric people in the story. May talked about being a coke mule to Argentina. No. She 
had coke on her or something when she flew to Argentina or back from Argentina but got away with it. I already used up my Coke story, too. See, this is why it's good that there's only eight episodes of this, because I only have, like, one anecdote per per thing. I have one cocaine story, and I have one Kevin Costner story. That's it. Uh, May was doing travel writing, I think. T- that's why she was in Argentina, and I've done some of that. I want to give a shout-out to Fromer's Budget Travel Magazine and Pauline there, who they hired me to, to write a column, to write one you know article, a personal experience when I was 23 or something. And that was the most per word I've ever been paid. It was great, and I did not go into that as a career. So I watched Legend of Co- The Legend of Cocaine Island. I apologize because I think I, I intended to watch one of their recommendations every episode, and there's been a few episodes now where I haven't watched any, and I apologize for that. I don't think I'm going to suffer any consequences for it. This movie, okay, so so sort of you could put it in the Florida man category, which is the phenomenon of crazy behavior and headlines, particularly from Florida that begin with Florida man did this, this or that insane thing. So this was an actual Florida man who's a big dorky white guy who was actually, you could call it, living the American dream of starting a company and making lots of money and getting like a house that was too big and all these impractical leisure vehicles. And then he lost everything during the recession. So when he hears about a bunch of buried cocaine on an island in Puerto Rico, he starts talking to criminals to uh, get at this cocaine. I am going to sort of spoil it uh, just because, you know, you could hear the whole description on Recently Added, and I'm giving you my personal take on it, and I'm allowed to spoil it because now it's been out for a little while. I thought this movie, it was like charming, but I often have the problem with these documentaries, particularly since, particularly in the age of Netflix, where it seems like they're making a lot of documentaries because they've decided they want to put out a lot of documentaries. So I think that often they're stretched thin in terms of what the actual story is, entertainment-wise. So there, there's a lot of the distracting camera work and gimmicky kind of stuff, and it's like, there's really not that much there. Uh, they also had a, the charming drug addict character, which is is just like drugs. It's like entertaining in the moment, and then you're like, ugh, these guys are tedious. Drug addicts are boring. Why did I watch that? I regret it. So it was more, like, I could see how how... The filmmakers heard this story about the buried cocaine and then like came in and told someone at Netflix that it was a good story. And I, I imagine in the room, it's always a good story. But as a feature documentary, docu-comedy, I don't know. I wasn't that into it. It was also sort of a depressing reminder. This is where the, I guess, the spoilery part of how how our justice system is selective and whose life is worth ruining and whose mistakes are worth forgiving. So I give it I give it a thumb a thumbs down, a thumb down. I'll get to that in a sec what that means. Uh, I don't so I don't recommend it, but that is not a criticism of recently added's enjoyment of it. I don't want to upset them and make them think that I'm holding them responsible for my happiness. I know that my happiness is in my hands and also the government's. They watch a show called Traitors, uh, Traitors, 
the, uh, I don't really have anything to say about that. They weren't that interested, but I do love when the recently added gang starts starts in on some accents, and we got some British accents. Uh, I I think they should take a stab at accents every time every time possible. I always love the accent game. Oh, but you know what? They didn't. They weren't that into it, and I can tell you why. It's because rating system alert. Here's another possible. I, they don't rate things on on recently added. They just say whether they recommend it or not. But they can't help themselves. And so uh, Nick said this only gave him half a chub. Okay, like half a half an erection. And I think that's a perfectly valid rating system. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna sort of center the phallus. You know, you could do, uh, you know, oh, this one had me fully erect. This one only had me at like half a chub. And this one was like nothing doing, drink too much, whatever you want to call it. I think that's perfectly valid, perfectly entertaining. You tell me, does it make people feel uncomfortable? I don't know. Email me. Tell me what you think of a penis erection based rating system for Netflix content. Uh, Another show called Bayonetta. Some good recommendations, some bad recommendation. Another rating system came out, but really only by by chance because Nick called thumbs thumbs. So he put an F there at the beginning of what should have been thumbs. I could go with that too. Two thumbs up, four thumbs down, whatever. That's not as good as the penis one, I don't think. Uh, there's something called osmosis. Not that interesting. 15 August was a movie from India. Nick has a an ongoing listener challenge uh, where he asked people to recommend an actually good Bollywood movie. Like, I think that there there's a lot of that content that gets put on Netflix and Nick is not interested. And he, he wants a, a personal recommendation of what an actually good one would be out of Bollywood. So I'm I'm extending that challenge to my listeners, who are mostly probably Nick's listeners, too. For what it's worth, I've I've enjoyed Sachai Ray. He's a, a Indian filmmaker, I think, from the '60s or '70s. But that's more of an art art movie genre than than the Bollywood style. And finally, they watched uh, something called On My Block Two. I think it's a TV show. The reviews were all positive. They talked about a storyline that had turned up elsewhere, like like maybe it had been in a movie and then was in another movie or was in another show. And they were sort of talking about, and Will had had some similar idea. So they were talking about, is that stealing an idea? And of course, these conversations always go back to Shakespeare. And I mean, they didn't on recently added, but I think a lot of time amongst writers, we talk about how Shakespeare kind of stole his storylines and made sort of amalgamations of, of other stuff that was popping around his culture and his time. And of course, modern writers have stolen from Shakespeare and revamped those stories. And I, yeah, I think it's about just how you do it, what your, what your goal is and how well you do it. I mean, if you're blatantly stealing some concept and your way to do it isn't cool and sufficiently interesting and different, then it's definitely going to suck. I feel like a lot of stuff that is derivative is, is legitimately off the hook if it's actually good, but within the bounds of not actually stealing someone's hard, hard thought up ideas. Um, I'm someone who has lots of ideas and I'd love to see them in the world 
and sometimes I do, you know, sometimes I, I'll, you know, I'll watch something and I'll have the same joke in some script or the same storyline or whatever. And I'll just tell myself, oh, well, at least I'm, I'm thinking on the right level, you know, and, and whoever got paid for that idea has probably worked really hard. So God bless them. And you know what? God bless you, listener, uh, whether you believe in God or not, because this is the end of the episode. This is the end of the of the show. Thank you to everyone who has listened. Thank you, uh, everyone who's written some message to me or expressed support for what I'm doing. I really appreciate it. As 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 silly as this idea has felt sometimes. I really appreciate everyone who kind of just took it as another thing in the world and gave it legitimacy. Thank you to Recently Added for for your support, <laughs> for giving this show a reason to exist. I'm really looking forward to being on your, your show on Monday. Um, listeners, catch me on that show. Tell me what you think. Email me. If you want to email me this weekend questions or things I should say to the people that recently added, I'm all ears listening to recently added at gmail.com. Keep in touch. Thank you to B-Man for appearing on this show. Thank you to 20-year-old me for the music. This is listening to recently added. Signing off. Love ya. Love ya.